God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So... Biden got booed yesterday. It was pretty interesting. Um, He showed up in Allentown yesterday, and all of a sudden he got booed. And I thought, wow, that's that's, um, more people show up to boo him. How, How in the world did he get 81 million? And yet the DOJ is threatening to sue everybody, threatening to sue everybody and shut them down. And, uh, not let the um not let the uh audits continue they they want to squash everything and there's a lot of people that would suggest we should always have audits particularly so long as we have these rigged systems and of course these mask mandates and all this other stuff it's becoming quite obvious that the mask well, it's not obvious. I mean, we've been saying it for a long time. The masks have been part of a strategy all along. We know that. And we're just, as as week after week goes by, we're starting to see different, different evidence uh, of such things. Like, for example, this guy named Jack Sellers out in Arizona, the Maricopa Cor- uh, County board member of supervisors, board of supervisors. He's been a thorn in the side of the audit. Has close ties with China. Is this why he's fighting so hard against the Senate's 2020 election audit in Maricopa County? Is this why they can't get access despite the subpoenas? Dominion won't cooperate and won't give them access to the back door. Somehow they're afraid of like trade secrets or health records or I mean they just make stuff up out of whole cloth but nowhere in history would this ever be allowed just like you got these numb nuts on CNN talking about 
January 6th as if it was the biggest attack on America since slice, you know, since you can imagine, right? I mean, everybody has a different benchmark. And we all know it was nothing. I mean, we come, we work out of D.C. Leonora was in D.C. on January 6th. She saw the Trump supporters at the Starbucks. They were all waving flags, singing songs, and smiling and laughing, having a good old time, supporting their country, their president, and supporting, uh, standing up against election rigging. Which, if you look at the Allentown response, that's just one in many cases where the people in Allentown booed, showed up to boo. That's a tough. That's a tough one to get out. Let's all show up, and they made great signs too, and they flipped off the finger, and they basically gave Biden an unwelcome presence. Because Biden can't even complete uh, complete he can't complete a sentence. There's no way that guy who didn't campaign, whose running mate is someone people hate, Kamala Harris, and whose son is the biggest perv on the planet, and whose policies are failing miserably. And somehow this person got 81 million votes. Are you kidding me? Now, Trump got 75 million because he was the most popular. Nobody has ever seen anything like Donald Trump as president. Nobody has ever seen the escalator and someone calling it like it is. That the people that were letting through the southern border are the worst of the worst. And boy, was that 2016 or no, 2015 premonition true today, as true today as it was back when he stood in front of his escalator and gave that remark. Donald Trump gave that remark, and now we're finding out that people aren't even giving court dates. They're just being let through. And people that are coming through the border were once removed from our country for committing federal felonies. And murder. There are people that have committed murder that have COVID that are coming through the southern border. And yet Nancy Pelosi wants to mandate the House of Representatives to wear a stupid mask. You should have heard Chip Roy. Wow, did he give a heart, a passionate response to Nancy Pelosi. In fact, let's take a listen to Chip Roy and what he has to say. This is getting heated, folks. This is getting very, very heated. Let's take a listen. I've got a text here from a sheriff in a small Texas town saying, we're passing an emergency declaration tonight at city council that no illegal immigrants can be released in the city of Uvalde per the CDC guidelines of countries on their list without a negative COVID test. And we have had our health authority write orders that give us the authority to have them government, border patrol, and immigrant quarantine for 10 to 14 days. We have a crisis at our border and we're playing footsie with mask mandates in the people's house. I mean, it's absolutely absurd what this body is doing, the people's house. It's an embarrassment. It's a mockery. 
And the American people are fed up. They want to go back to life. They want to go back to business. They want to go back to school without their children being forced to wear masks, to be put in the corner, to have mental health issues. And we're running around here, and the speaker comes down here at 10 o'clock in the morning saying, we got to wear masks in the people's house while we've got thousands of people pouring across our border, and Democrats don't do a darn thing about it, heavily infected with COVID. We have the New York Times, okay, today. What a mess. CDC about to reverse on indoor masking for the vaccinated, quote-unquote. This is some serious nanny state stuff that will only breed resentment. No kidding. Consider resentment being magnified right here in the floor of the House of Representatives. We are absolutely sick and tired of it, and so are the American people. This sham of an institution is doing nothing for the American people. Nothing for the betterment of the people that send their representatives here. I just met this morning with an organization that tries to take care of people from human trafficking. Met with an elected official from Mexico. While cartels are raping and pillaging and killing. And we have people infected with COVID coming across our southern border into Texas. And you all put masks, masks up front here, here on the people's house. We got to go around and see, okay, we can't come to the floor. I can't execute my constitutional duty unless I wear a mask. Which is it? Vaccines or masks? Do the vaccines work or they don't work? Do the masks work so they don't work? I'd like to know which it is. I'd like Dr. Fauci to come down and answer a single question about nat- natural immunity. Have you been infected with a virus? Do you have immunity? Or are they just going to go around poking people saying you must take a vaccine? Oh, but sorry, the vaccine doesn't work. You must wear a mask. This institution is a sham and we should adjourn and sh- so Ducey, uh, Peter Ducey asks Jen Psaki about children who have already had COVID and now they have an antibody. Should they have to wear a mask? And Jen Psaki didn't even answer the question. Of course, the, we know the answers to the questions. Probably we know the answers to the questions better than Fauci. Fauci's been wrong so long. We have a little bit of a before and after kind of expose on Fauci. But before we do that, there's this uh, girl, I don't know her name, woman, I should say, um, young woman. She speaks the truth. If we allow, she says, if we allow the government to break the law, they'll always create an emergency to break it. So let's take a listen to her fair warning. Let's take a listen. To I would this. like to go at least one week without having to mention the border. Yeah, here I am. Every day we're seeing illegals from Senegal, Haiti, Guatemala, Mexico walking into the U.S. And it blows my mind. We have an entire country that is being affected by these surge of illegals crossing over. And we're at the mercy of a dementia patient who can't even wipe his own butt, much less make rational decisions. How irresponsible can we as a nation be? You cannot sit here and see the amount of people flooding into America and then act like you're truly concerned over new variants or the unvaccinated. If COVID cases are on the rise, close the border. If you're too scared of the unvaxxed, close the border. If you want to lock everyone down again because you still think it's our responsibility to keep you healthy, close the damn border. But until these communist-loving politicians do that, do not believe their fake act of worry over new variants or any other excuse they have to control you. Because to them, illegals crossing into this country are not super spreaders, they're future voters. And if you allow the government to break the law because of an emergency, they will always create an emergency to break the law. I would like to go at least one week without having to... Yeah, that's uh, that's a very powerful... Um very powerful uh, statement. And there's one more that I want to play uh, that is from the common man. We've played this once before a while ago. 
And uh, there's Joe Biden, by the way, not wearing a mask at the Allentown event, I guess it was. Um, But let's take a listen to this guy. This guy, we played him. He nailed it. And it's like he's been listening to the Scott Adams show. But let's take a listen. Don't need a mask. A mask is about compliance because they know Canadians like to do what they're told. So if they tell you you have to wear a mask, next they're going to tell you you have to contact trace. Then they're going to tell you you have to take the vaccine. And because Canadians like to do what they're told, they're hoping that everyone just complies. And then guess what, kids? Once you take your vaccine, like a dumb person that doesn't know any better, they're going to tell you, sorry, the vaccine isn't as effective as we thought it was going to be. So now you still got to wear your mask, still got to get contact trace, still have all the restrictions and social distancing, and still take your vaccine. And then what did you get out of all of this? You got a whole year where you weren't allowed to travel, your business was closed, they took your rights and freedoms, they forced the vaccine on you, and what happened? The same amount of people died, everything is the exact same, and now they're going to put you back on lockdown and bring it all the way till July of next year so they can do the same thing again. Bring you from July, August, and September getting you off lockdown, but just to bring you back on lockdown again. If you idiots haven't figured it out yet, it's a perpetual cycle that you never get out of. And it's a way to take your rights, your freedoms, close your business, take your wealth. Why? So you become dependent on government. Why? If you're independent, the government works for you like it's supposed to. If you depend on the government to give you a paycheck to feed your family every month because they closed your business on you, now the government doesn't work for you. The government rules you. So instead of a middle class, we have the government, upper class, and the lower class dependents that rely on the government to survive. In other words, we have a slave class and that's what they're trying to do it's that simple wow so that was uh, that was said last year and it's basically what we've been preaching here he did it so well that it's just one of those things you got to listen to over and over again i could play that clip over and over again there's i can never listen to that clip enough it just he nailed it you know, it's all about creating this. And, and it's one of those things I say. I say, you know, the reason why they're trying to crush the middle class. You know, I, there was a question. I think I did this earlier uh, in the week. But there was a question about why does why would Biden want to destroy uh, the American economy? And the reason is because it directly impacts the middle class. It's how you destroy the middle class. That's all it's about. There is no economy at the low class. At the lower class. So envision this, okay? Envision a envision a chart, like a bell curve. Envision a bell curve, okay? Because that's the way I think I do it in my head without giving it too much thought. So envision, envision a bell curve in your mind's eye. And then take like, say let's just call it the green green center right so 60% of the middle the bell is the bulk of america that would be considered your middle class and again it doesn't really matter how much money you make it doesn't really matter how wealthy the middle class is it could be that every person in the middle class is national um average income is is $1 trillion. And you'd say, well, it's still middle class because middle class is relative to lower class and middle class is relative to upper class. 
So it's always relative. And that's the problem with the question between equality and equity. That is the problem with regard to policies that raise the harbor to raise all ships. And the Democrats have a problem with this because they want equity. They don't want equality. They don't want this whole harbor to raise. They want to punish one group at the, at the, at the benefit of another group. And they want to, that, that inherently divides our country. And that's what Black Lives Matter did to the black population. That's why black uh, people and race relations are at an all-time low because of what Marxist values and infiltration of the black movement has done. Black Lives Matter is the one of the worst things that's ever happened to the black people in America, black Americans. It's probably the worst thing. You know, I mean, we have statues of Martin Luther King like everywhere. And everybody agrees that Martin Luther King made a great positive change for black uh, race relations and black people in general. And his most famous statement was his dream speech where he dreamed big and said, you know, one day he hopes to to be valued for the content of his character, not the color of one's skin. And the Black Lives Matter, in the name itself, affirmative action and quota-based systems that are based on gender and race and ethnicity are the opposite, the grand opposite of what Martin Luther King was talking about. Be judged fairly. One standard of justice because it used to be the case that there were these Jim Crow laws that were not fair. They were segregationist laws written by socialists, written by Democrats from the South. State and local Democrats wrote the Jim Crow laws. And somehow the Democrats, who took ownership of everything that was wrong with our constitutional violations and our shortcomings and failures in the past, whether it was Jefferson Davis trying to annex from the Union because he wanted slavery to exist, or whether it was George Wallace, the Democrat governor of Alabama, standing in the doorway blocking those black children from integrating into a a school, or whether it was Robert Byrd, basically Hillary Clinton and Biden's best buddy, who was the last grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan that was gracing the halls and uh, represented himself as a leader in the Senate, Democrat from West Virginia. And so we're now forced with more segregation. They were the inventors of, Democrats were the inventors of social class warfare in the airline industry with first class passengers. That was a Democrat philosophy from a marketing perspective. And this whole thing about vaccine passports, segregating and dividing our country through political ideologies and government controls and mandates. So it's no wonder that when I look, walk down the street and I see these morons wearing masks 
while riding a bike or walking alone with no threat whatsoever. And they're the ones that's going to tell me to trust the science because that's what they've been told to say. They're zombies, and they're voting like zombies. It's, it's how and why people can follow Crocodile Tears, Chucky Schumer, or you know Nancy Pelosi around the halls of Congress and vote like their life depends on it, because it does. They're intolerant, vindictive, evil people that run the Democrat Party. And if you don't toe the line, and that's why I, I give uh, some kudos to Cinema, Senator Cinema from Arizona. Now I know, I know. She's probably I think she's going to be up for re-election this this year because I think she won in 2016 against McSally and then McSally then won in 2018 but then she had it was a special seat because of McCain and next thing you know McSally lost in 2020. Not be, to no fault of her own but the election was rigged in Arizona, let's face it. We're going to find that out in in true color probably sometime in August. They're already wrapping up everything. So we're going to find out soon enough where the truth lies. You know, the only trouble is some of the systems, uh, Gateway Pundit's been reporting, some of the systems are some of the um, auditing verifiers are in bed with the Dominion company. So we don't know what's going on yet. That's why I don't talk. I don't talk with a lot of promise about these things. I only try to tell you what I know, and and say what I mean, mean what I say, and I try to be as accurate as possible. That's why when we talk about this Sellers character, that's basically in bed with China, that's no surprise. That was the same thing that was the case with Georgia. They had this. Um, China, uh, Georgia business, uh, uh, .cn, Georgia business .cn. .cn is a Chinese extension. And they negotiated investment deals at some big meeting in Texas about seven, eight months prior. It was the reason why, it was the reason why um, Secretary of State Pompeo called out the governors of the states and said, we know who you are, you're on a list, and you're compliant and working with China. Why were the, why were they why was China working with the secretaries of state at the state level? Why was China working with the governors at the state level? Why were they doing that? In part it was in part, it was an unintended consequence from things that Donald Trump did. Now that's not to say Donald Trump's at fault for anything here. I, I don't believe he is. He sat down at the table and he wanted to renegotiate trade. That's fair enough. That's been done for ages. That's something that you want. But what China did, because China is a cheater, they steal, they're lying, cheating thugs. What China did was they decided to negotiate business and do an end around, do a sidestep. Basically, they could, got, they could get a more affordable deal, something where they don't have to pay nearly as much to people, to, to, um, to state legislatures in Arkansas, in Arizona, in Georgia, and elsewhere. They can, they can do whatever they want there. Um, because, and it's, it's cheap. 
And I've heard it said, I've heard it said many, many times that these foreign adversaries, they say the cheapest way to overthrow America is to buy off their politicians because they're so cheap. The politicians sell out for nothing. At least if you're going to sell out America, make it worth, make it valuable. I mean, hold out for a better deal. Walk away, as Trump would say, walk away from the table. Negotiate a better deal. Don't make it so easy for them. But these numbnuts did. Raffensperger, Kemp, Sterling, all sold out to China. And they allowed Stacey Abrams then to come in and exploit them. And it could have been that Stacey Abrams used coercion. And said, and it could have been that China actually emboldened Stacey Abrams. So, like, for example, China does a deal with politicians at the state level in Georgia. And they know that that's bad press. If, if the public were to find out about this, that this would be game over, my career would be over, I might even end up in jail for treason. So next thing you know, China goes over to Stacey Abrams and says, here are the records for the inside deals that we struck with the governor, the secretary of state, and uh, the election board guy, Sterling, Raffensperger, and Kemp. This is the deal we struck on behalf of Georgia. And it seems to be that there's some kickbacks involved, some gravy train action going on, and some black market deals that aren't really copacetic. So, Stacy, if you say anything prematurely, we'll probably just have to kill you or um, ruin you because we have dirt on you too, or you could actually use this to win an election. And this is the way it's done. It's, uh, it's always done about coercion and fabrication. That's why I, you know, I don't even think Donald Trump ever did anything wrong when it came to the stuff that they were looking at, at least. The Russian hoax, the Ukrainian call, all these things were perfectly normal. This is why I have such big problems with Senator Cassidy and so-called people that were patriots at one point that somehow flipped and basically turned a blind eye to due process and voted to impeach President Trump. Over what? A perfectly good call? A January 6th rally? We know that the January 6th rally was an infiltration, not an insurrection. We know that the pipe bombs were there before Trump's speech. We know that Trump didn't do anything wrong. But, you know, the the thing about it is, is that I believe that there was a deal to be made between people like, like, and I say like because I don't know for sure, but I... I very much suspect this because I played video clip, audio clips of um, Lindsey Graham hating Trump and glowingly appraising Joe Biden, almost in a tearful way. And it seemed to me like, you know, Lindsey Graham is just the biggest fake on the planet. He is the biggest liar in in the Senate, one of them. And at the time, he took over the mantle of John McCain. He, he took over John McCain's strength in the, in the Senate. John McCain was ruling the Senate. And John McCain's little apprentice was Lindsey Graham. 
And they would go around country to country, all over the place, getting the red carpet treatment, probably having mistresses, um, who knows what. But they were getting awards from people from Montenegro and Latvia and Lithuania. They were getting, um, you know, doing, I think, engaged in arms weapons deals in Ukraine. I have photographs, you know, so I mean, I, it's it's very obvious that Amy Klobuchar was part of that group, and it was bipartisan, whatever you want to call it. But I think that Lindsey Graham had a lot of dirt on him, and Trump was about to go ahead and look into all of that dirt, and then was frozen because they made stuff up, and it didn't help that General Flynn, being a cabinet member, got himself pinched. And ended up being in a room alone with two FBI agents. And the FBI agents turned around and, sure enough, pinched Flynn. The smartest guy in Washington got pinched. I don't know. That doesn't sound so... Didn't Trump say, I don't like people who get captured? Well, Flynn got captured by two FBI agents. And then Flynn got fired. And then Flynn did what? What did Flynn do next? He hired Covington and Burling, Eric Holder's law firm. Why in the world of all the law firms of law firms, why in the world would Flynn hire Eric Holder's law firm, Covington and Burling, to bail his way out of a jam over what was a perfectly reasonable and good call? Flynn didn't do anything wrong. But the idea was that if Flynn gets pinched to no fault of his own or what. Maybe they're going after him and making stuff up or who knows what. He should have never been in that room alone with the two FBI agents. That's number one. But you know what? So Flynn's gone, but Flynn is a cabinet member. Now, if President Trump defends Flynn and releases some data that obstructs the Flynn justice, then guess who goes down like Nixon? Trump, which was the play. That was the play. The person who financed the Russian hoax that involved General Flynn as the trap and the setup as the insurance policy was Hillary Clinton, who was also on the Watergate Commission looking into the strategies behind the infiltration of the Nixon White House and the collusion between Mark Felt, the FBI guy, and the liberal journalists at the Washington Post, Woodward and Bernstein. So Watergate was no different than the Russian hoax. It was made up. And what I'm saying is about Georgia is you don't even have to be guilty of a crime in Washington or in Georgia or in politics. They could just make stuff up and it will stick. And so there was a level of coercion. I think Stacey Abrams got where she got in terms of leadership on the Democrat rigging of the Georgia election by being able to coerce a bunch of morons running the show in Georgia that were Republicans, Kemp, Raffensperger, and Sterling. And I think that they were played as patsies or fools, you know, with a little palm greasing by China. So China's in infiltrating our country at the state level because they can't deal with people like Donald Trump because Donald Trump eats their lunch every single day and Sunday. 
So they can't mess with Donald Trump. They, they can't beat Donald Trump. They can't beat America either because America is strong. America's economy was, before Biden showed up on the scene, stronger than China's. And not only that, but China's built like a house of cards on sand. China is built very, very fragile. They have 1.5 billion people that would be starving overnight. And they would have a nightmare on their hands if their slave labor markets were shut down overnight. And you could shut those markets down overnight. Easy. Easy peasy. India would be happy to take China's business. It's why India and China really don't like each other. They're directly competitive. They're direct competitors of each other. They both have the two largest populations. They're both almost equal at around 1.4, 1.5 billion people. And, you know, that should tell you what you want to know right there. That's a commodity. And they're using people as slave labor markets. So we got Julie on the air. Julie, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Oh, good morning, Scott. I'll be very quick. I just wanted to let you know there's a darn good reason why he got booed in Allentown. In that whole entire area, the crops are uh, growing in that area are soy and corn. And currently, right now, they're being all the farmers are being contacted by the U.S. government, and they're forced to be dest- to destroy their crops in the name of reducing their farming carbon footprint. And they're given a choice: they either mow it down, or they uh, are, are a crop duster comes in and poisons their crop. And they said if they don't destroy it. They will be uh, monitored by satellite, and they'll be prosecuted. And this is what's going on right now in Pennsylvania. I've heard that it's also going on in Illinois. And so when the crop numbers come in in August, they're going to be depressed, and our food supply is going to be short. This is what they're doing. They're using our U.S. tax dollars to uh, destroy our food supply. And that's what's taking place. By the way, Julie, who does that affect the most but the middle class? Because they're trying to feed their family on a budget. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm so angry and and people are are so angry. And this is why they and then he's coming once again, he's coming back to the scene of the crime. The people in Allentown can't do a thing about it. And when the farmers get three times their money and they walk away with a pocket full of money, what are they going to do? They're just going to sit there and, and zip up their mouth. Right, they're being anyway, bought so off. Their 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 silence is it's like a non non disclosure agreement. Yeah, I mean, we've heard in the past where the U.S. government pays people not to grow crops, but now they're paying farmers to destroy growing crops. I, I I will tell you, I I have read that and I've seen that article. I've seen well, I've seen several articles to that point. That is very yeah. legitimate. That's a very legitimate story and. I didn't report on it here because there were so many other things competing with that story. I but, know. I but know. I, I will tell but you, no- I, I'm very aware of what you just reported. So, yeah, I'm very aware yeah, of that. It, I, just, I just needed it to, to get out, and, and I don't want to take any more of your time, but it's just upset me so much listening to this. I, it, and, and they're creating world 
food shortages across the globe because of this. We don't know what other states they're doing this in. Right. They're using our tax dollars right. To, right. to destroy food. Well, what do you think Bill I mean, Gates was talking about when it came to people? They, they're not going to stop it, uh, living, living food organisms. They're going to stop at people. They, they, that's what they were talking about with regard to the vaccines, uh, abortions, which they called reproduction health services, and death panels, which they call socialized medicine. So, I mean, what are they talking about? They want to reduce the population from nine billion to six and a half billion with vaccines. And look at Pfizer right now; they're up to now thirty-six billion dollars expected as a as an annual revenue for twenty twenty-one. And now, not only that, but it's now a study has proven that. The Pfizer vaccine diminishes over the course of six months, and it, we might be dependent on boosters for the rest of our lives now. Um, oh, and how do you like that no. for a bottom line? And they're going no. to raise their no, prices. Sure. Pfizer's going to raise their prices. So when you think about it now, I, I put a funny little tweet out, and I said, kind of reminds me of that built-in obsolescence where your hot water heater bursts six months after the warranty's expired. It's like we've just been sold a bill of goods that says, oh, no, the shelf life is six months. You're going to need to get it, to buy another one. And it's, it's sad, man, but it's unbelievable that we're learning all this stuff. The same people that are telling us to wear masks and to get the vaccine have lied to us on every single step of the way, from 15 days to slow the curve all the way up until present day. What right do they have to play God and decide who lives and who dies? And and the, who's to say that the people that they've chosen to die are the ones that could save Well, a, why is it always nation? the same person with zero credibility, like Dr. Fauci or CDC, uh, that's dictating the terms? And not to mention the fact that these globalist leaders, whether it's Boris Johnson or, or Emmanuel Macron, uh, or Angela Merkel, they're all in bed with each other. And they're trying new studies. They're trying new strategies. So in the UK, for example, Boris Johnson might be doing one thing. In America, they're going to try another. In France, they're going to try another. In Italy, they're try- going to try another. And everywhere you see these attempts to, to control populations, what you're seeing is an uprising and people parading through the streets in protest. But you better believe that Joe Biden and Boris Johnson and Emmanuel Macron and you know um, um, Angela Merkel and the leader of Italy—they are all coordinating with each other, saying, "What worked for you? What worked for you?" These scientists and these political leaders are academics, and they they come out with these studies and they come out with these um, research into uh, uh, findings that are skewed. You can make statistics say anything you want. And basically, they get to a common consensus as to how they're going to roll these out. It's the reason why it is that every country is basically having the same symptoms, same um, same draconian measures. You know, it's, it's the reason why every country has endorsed climate change. It's the reason why every country has endorsed masks or has endorsed vaccines in almost the same exact fashion. It's because just like the universities, these studies and these research samples go around to every academic thing in the, in the world. And they, it's a big one big cabal where they all meet at these conferences all over the place, all over the world, and they share ideas. But it's groupthink. 
It's group think based on the same core set of data, and it's flawed. And they're ruling the world as a result of it, though, because they have power in numbers. Trust the science is such a BS word anymore. What I don't understand is how in the world do they expect us to go on from here? They're forcing us into a position where people have to fight for their life. Wow. And, well, and don't they see that this is coming? Hey, don't they see yeah. what they've created? Yeah. I, I'm well, woke, sorry. Woke, I, woke goes both ways. You know what? The middle class in every one of these countries is waking up to the fact that their government is working against them. Anyway, thank you, Julie. Thank you. No, I'm sorry. Have a good day. All Have right. Take day. care now. Okay. Yep. All right. Bye-bye. And, um, you know, the, the world is waking up. That's the thing we... And, and, you know, I just read something that was, like, kind of basic. But it, it reminded me, and I think we need reminders, that there's 330 million people and there's 535 congressmen. 535, 330 million. Who do you think can kick some butt? And at some point, I am totally prepared to get organized and to do what I need to do to defend my country. You know, you don't have to sign up for the military to defend your country when the military itself has actually turned its back on you has embraced critical race theory, is recruiting transvestites, offering them up free genital mutilization surgery, uh, flying Black Lives Matter Marxist uh, Democrat fundraisers, uh, uh, flying their flags above every embassy in the world, flying the rainbow flag to support and endorse and say it's okay to be a homosexual, which, frankly, it's okay if you want to be a homosexual, but does the government really need, does our military, does our State Department really need to promote it? I mean, you know, I have a nonprofit. It's buglecall.org. We have a great board. We're doing great work. Guess what? How about magapac.org? Standing for America First Policies to Make America Great Again. There's nothing wrong with that. Yet my billboard in New York City banned us Simply because I was supporting election integrity, um, election election integrity, equal justice, election integrity, equal justice, and um, border security. Those are the three issues we were promoting on our billboard, and they rejected it. It wasn't even politics. It was we, we didn't even mention we're a five hundred one c three. We're not even allowed uh, through that vehicle. We're not allowed to endorse candidates. We're hamstrung that way. But donors can actually donate tax-free. And uh, there's actually um, a thing where you get capital gains taxes. You could avoid paying capital gains taxes. The money that you would give to the government, you could actually donate to magapac.org. Through your capital gains taxes, you can take the donation, the 501c3, and basically instead of giving it to the government, Joe Biden and company, you could actually give it to a nonprofit like magapac.org or buglecall.org. It's one and the same. We used buglecall.org to incorporate the nonprofit uh, because we didn't want to get rejected with the Magapac. Um, so we put buglecall out there and we put a sub, sub uh, dom- it's not a subdomain, it's a, it's a, sub- uh, a DBA. 
uh, underneath that uh, to endorse really our main message, which is America first policies to make America great again, which means our primary focus is going to be to endorse the ideas that people like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and and uh, and Senator Cassidy reject. So that means that we're going to be, in essence, indirectly, uh, because we're not legally allowed to directly do it, but indirectly, we're going to be able to <clears throat> help the movement and get more and more representation that supports uh, America First policies, America values, you know, religious freedom, that kind of thing. So that's what we're doing. Um, so it's a good cause. We're working really hard at it. We're going to be starting a new um, thing in D.C. related to that uh, where we're going to have um, tavern discussions. We're going to have these happy hour ta- happy hours in taverns. And we want to eventually take that across the country um, where we could have speakers stand up with a beer in their hand and speak. Uh, it's kind of an old concept from the... Uh, from the colonial days, really. Um, and it's uh, where you stand up and speak to your community. And, you know, and you, not not in a suit, you know, just sort of networking, getting to meet people in a social environment. Because I think that one of the most important things that's missing in these very stale, very bland types of meetings is everybody puts on their red, white, and blue tie and puts on their, you know, penny loafer shoes or whatever the heck they're wearing and they put it on they they just there's they're sort of like stiff in a chair in a conference room that to me is uninspiring and so i was looking for something different and what i want to put out there is something that appeals to a more common man i think that's really reflective of the show that we do here um we look at our audience as peers rather than flock. Like, I don't uh, do the show and preach to you. I do the show and coordinate or uh, uh, collaborate, is the word I was looking for, collaborate with you. Uh, it's more of a collaboration of strong minds. I'm always impressed and amazed by the people that call into the show and how smart they are. Um, but it's natural because, you know, I know by the feedback I get from the people that listen to this show that they talk to me about policies and issues. They don't say, oh, I love, you know, you and you're so great. They don't, I don't get a lot of that. I, I get much, much more people emailing Scott at scottadamshow.com and telling me something, giving me a tip or telling me uh, how I can expand a thought or whatever. It's really amazing how smart the people are that listen to this show. It's quite, quite amazing, really, when you think about it. All right, I want to get to a couple of other things. There is, um, well, I want to listen to one more clip, and then there's something else I want to get to. All right, let's take a listen to this Tucker Carlson clip about mandatory medicine. American citizens should never be forced to take medicine they don't want, period. Government should never require people to submit to any medical procedure, whether that procedure is sterilization or frontal lobotomies or COVID vaccinations. 
Most Americans still believe that. That is a foundational belief in this country. Every poll shows it. The majority in both parties believe that. So who is defending the people who believe that? No one on Capitol Hill is defending them. No one in the think tanks in Washington is defending them, even the supposedly libertarian think tanks that believe in freedom. Instead, professional Republicans have decided to ignore this topic entirely. As usual, they have utterly internalized the slurs of their enemies. And so they seem anxious to prove that they're not Neanderthals, or not anything like those morons in rural America who vote for them and send them contributions, make their jobs possible. No, we're totally different. We're enlightened. We believe in science. You see them saying that all over television, reading Pfizer talking points and telling us how great the vaccines are. And that's fine. If you want the vaccine, go ahead and take it. It's entirely up to you. We support that. Most do. But what about the Americans who don't want to take the vaccine? Who is standing up for them? If Republicans can't even do that, if they can't even defend science and fight mandatory injections, then why bother to have a Republican Party? Why not spare the rest of us the indignity, sign off your Twitter account for good, and take a job at Quiznos? America would be much improved if you did that. Sam so, you know, Republican in name only, right? But I actually believe it's not just the rhino politicians. It's the whole party. The Republican name, to me, you know, it doesn't exist anymore. It's truly, really, the America First Party. And it's not even the Trump party, but I, I would call it the Trump party because the Trump was Trump was the originator of America. And I know that there, historically America First has been used all the way back centuries ago. Um, America First was used over a century ago. I, I get that. I know the history. But what I'm saying is, and I also understand that somehow uh, the left wants to twist the America First name brand into something that was supported uh, white supremacy or Nazis or something like that. It was stupid. People who come up with that cockamamie crap, they call themselves historians and what have you. But no, we know what America First means. And so I'm just going to say that Trump is really the grand poobah of the, the modern day America First stance. It's everything that we want in America. Religious freedom, election integrity, um, equal justice, things that we don't have. And until we have equal justice, we have nothing. Because somewhere along the way, our Constitution is being destroyed or being ignored. And, you know, I had a thought before the show today that was kind of an interesting thought. And that is, you know how they were trying to pack the Senate by getting uh, the Samoan Islands and Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C., who votes Democrat 98% of the time? Seriously, I mean, 98% of the time. Do you know how that those three entities were, those three locations were going to be considered states? And they would get each two senators and those states would be reliably blue states, right? Those countries or provinces or colonies. Yeah, I don't even know what you call every one of them. Um, but in any case, um, D.C., Puerto Rico, and Samoa. Those three radically liberal, like Samoa is more radically liberal than Hawaii, 
D.C. is as radically liberal as anything you can imagine. And Puerto Rico, for some reason, is very liberal, unlike Cuba. So, you know, they'll reject Cuba from coming in. But, you know, but what are they doing now? I think that they're strategically cherry-picking people from these countries that want to leave. They're not going to, they're going to reject and refuse the country that needs it the most, the refugees coming from Cuba. But they're going to accept the people coming from these very liberal things. So what are they doing? Because they can't get the votes, because they didn't have the votes to overrule the filibuster, because they didn't have the votes to overrule the filibuster, they couldn't get the votes to pack the Senate. And if they got the votes to pack the Senate, they would have actually then been able to pack the Supreme Court. They would have then turned a blind eye to our Constitution, and it would have been game over for the United States of America. That's, that's how close we are to this whole monstrous thing that we're in right now. And so the point that I'm making is when they can't get it one way, they get, it's like come hooker by, by hook or by crook. They're importing these people in. It's almost in essence, they're getting the votes, but they're doing it through these open borders. And we can actually see where they're going because we see trends and spikes in COVID cases. Like in St. Louis and in Missouri, there's a surge because they're going to target, and you mark my words, St. Louis is going to be the next Wayne County, Detroit, the next Milwaukee, the next Fulton County, the next Philadelphia County, the next Maricopa County. It's going to be the next epicenter for election fraud, St. Louis. It's so corrupt. Just look at what they did to McCloskey's. And Missouri itself, who recently elected a very liberal senator, Claire McCaskill, is going to be the target for a flip. They're going to try to get rid of Josh Hawley. And so what I'm saying is, I think that we need to keep an eye on that. And you need to open your eyes and realize what's being done. Because our political adversaries in the Democrat Party have put pen to paper, taken out the math calculator, did crunch the numbers. We didn't do any of that. All we keep on doing is playing whack-a-mole, trying to defend ourselves. It's a futile effort because they keep coming with one strategy after the next. If they can't get the pack the Senate, they'll import the voters through the southern border. They're actually doing all of them at the same time. Just look at the election rigging. There was all kinds of different styles of rigging. They didn't just bank on one. And we got to fight back, and we got to realize that we're in the fight of our lives. And with that, my name is Scott Adams. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Be sure to check out magapack.org, buglecall.org, scottadamsshow.com for the latest podcasts. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. And the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.